I'm Ben Davies, and this is The Clear Money Mindset. Welcome to The Clear Money Mindset, providing you with help and tips to manage your money in a clear and intentional way. I'm your host and financial advisor, Ben Davies. At Davies Financial Sterling Mutuals, we want to provide you with meaningful tips to help you with your money. On our last podcast, we began a discussion with Rob Zanet from Axiom Mortgages to discuss the current mortgage environment, how interest rates are going up, and how to navigate the current environment we find ourselves in. On today's podcast, we'll be listening in to part two of our discussion with Rob as we try to give you some valuable knowledge on mortgages in the current environment. Listen in. Qualifying rate. What is that? Why does it matter? So the qualifying rate was introduced, um, I believe it was in 2016. Um, So everyone knows what happened in 2008, 2009. Yep. With the recession and the crash and the housing market crash and everything like that. And it all stemmed from the... um, the liar loans in in the United States and everyone, you know, just financing these mortgages and there was no real security behind them. So in Canada, because the the financial um, institutions are so strong and they want to remain strong, they introduced this, what we called the mortgage qualifying rate, MQR, or people in the general public refer to as the stress test. Okay, yeah. So... Um, they they want you to be able to qualify at a higher rate than what you're actually paying. And this is to protect you, to protect the bank. So that way, if the rates do tend to go up before your next term is done, and say you got, you got approved at a much lower rate, which was what we've just had for the last four years. Yep. Um, so you, you've had a really, really low rate, but they want to get you, um, they want to be able to understand that you'll be able to qualify at a higher rate if the rates do rise. So back when the interest rates were down in the, in the low 2% range, we would have to qual them at, qualify them at 5.25, just so they would know that if, if rates changed, they sure. could still get a mortgage at their next after the next renewal because that's how we do things in Canada. The majority of the people take a five-year term. Their mortgage is amortized over 25 or 30 years, but every five years, their mortgage comes up for maturity. They have to renegotiate a new rate for the next five years. If they change banks at that point, they have to requalify all over again. And the banks just want to make sure that they can uh, still requalify these people. So that was the whole purpose of the mortgage qualifying rate or the stress test. The actual way that um, that it's it's determined is it's 5.25 or 2% greater than the rate that you're paying. So right now, if you're taking a variable rate mortgage, the stress test still is 5.25%. Okay. Because the, the variable rates are still in the low 3% range. Okay. But if you're taking a fixed rate today, that 5.25, it doesn't even apply anymore. Because yes, it's much higher because the fixed rates have been in the fours for a number of months. Recently, just this week, a number of the banks started increasing their rates to above five percent. So if you're having a CMHC insured mortgage, 
the rate is usually 509 right now. If you're having a conventional mortgage with no CMHC lender insurance attached to it, then the rates have even gone up to as high as 5.49. So the way that the stress test works in those situations, if your mortgage is going to be 5.09% today, you'd have to qualify at 7.09%. So it really can affect your purchasing power when you're qualifying at 7% as opposed to 5%. And it really impacts how much you can afford for your, for your mortgage and for your purchase. Which is in a way it's annoying, but it's nice because... Um, I think everybody knew like we were living in a dreamland if we thought debt was going to be this cheap going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not. No, it's not. And they need it to get higher for a thousand reasons. I mean, every, your your uh, your grandma and grandpa are like thrilled that they can now go and get a GIC for something that doesn't feel like they're wasting their time and exactly. money. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So all of that points to uh, a good thing but it's not that we want to pay more for debt but it's kind of cool that the the industry said hey like rates are going to go up the easiest thing would be like let's just get as many people into as big a mortgage as they can for the rates the way they are now but this qualifying rate stopped that from happening to say no let's be prudent and make sure when rates go up we're not selling the Canadian population, a bunch of homes they can't afford in say five years from now if rates start to tick up. So that's that's good. Um, pre-approvals versus bank pre-qualifiers. What's the difference between those two things? Well, when you go into a bank to get pre-qualified, in most cases, they don't take any documentation from you. They ask you, how much do you earn? How's your credit? Yep. And they say, okay, based on those two factors, you can afford a home of X number of dollars. And then when you actually put the offer on the home and people think that they're pre-approved and they can, they can offer that amount of money. Yep. And then they, then when the find house and they are, they, their offer is accepted and then the bank will ask for their actual letter of employment and pay stubs and everything like that. Or they'll do a, a, a full credit check, not just a soft credit check. Yeah. Then they find out that there's some issues on their credit. Well, at that point there, you've put an offer in the house. And the way the market has been the last three years, you unless you go in with a cash offer, you weren't right. even going to get the house. Yeah. So you've already committed to buying this house. And then they find out that you don't qualify for the mortgage anymore. Not so a good news that's story. Not, that's not, not a good news story. That's what a pre-qualifier is. We don't do that in our office. We do a full, a fully underwritten pre-approval when you come to get a pre-approval. So from could us. that? I just want to interrupt you for a second because I feel like that could hurt you. Meaning, like you could have people come in and say, "Rob, what are you talking about? I was just at the bank. They told me that they were able to give me a mortgage for X, and you're saying no. Does that happen? It happens." happens often now it's going to happen to them at the bank they just haven't heard the bad news yet correct okay one of the biggest things that happens to us in the brokerage industry is that we have people calling us at the last minute because the bank won't help them so they may have had their application at the bank for three weeks and the bank says nope 
doesn't work. And then they come to us and we have to put a whole deal together within a matter of one week or, you know, two weeks to meet your, your closing date. It happens all the time. Stressful. Yes. It's very (laughs) stressful. That's why we don't like to do that. We do a full, fully underwritten pre-approval. We ask for your income verification. Um, just, I can't tell you how many times that it's usually men that they say, oh yeah, I make $80,000 a year, but then we get their letter of employment. Their letter of employment doesn't, doesn't agree with that. <laughs> so we ask for the documentation up front. We underwrite it. We, t- and based on, on what you earn and your credit and everything like that, we tell you exactly what you qualify for. So you're not nice. shopping in outside of your price range. Yep. That's good. Um, couple more things on the details level. Second mortgages. Um, how can they help with refinancing without losing the better rate on your first mortgage? So you've got one mortgage, you're putting a second one in. I think that that's going to be a product that more people are going to start embracing for the next four or five years. And I'll tell you why. Um, We've just gone through a period of time when we've had historically low rates and people have locked into interest rates. I, I, for a period of time last year, I was offering a fixed rate for 1.89% for five years. So if someone's going to come to me today, two, three years later, and they still have two years remaining on their mortgage and they're still paying 1.89 or 2.29 or 2.39, these were the rates that have been flying around the last couple of years. Yeah. I'm not going to advise them to give that up. But if they're still needing some extra money because they want to consolidate some credit card debt, which yeah. they're paying 19, 20, and 21% on their credit cards, then I'm going to advise them to take a second mortgage. We have some institutions that are doing second mortgages for as low as 5%. Um, we, there are certain um, guidelines that you have to adhere to in order to be able to get that. But um, we have other situ- uh, other institutions that are offering lines of credits that are a little bit higher, maybe 7%. So yep. um, I I would advise someone to keep their, their mortgage rate that they currently have it's, if it's really, really low and then take advantage of a second mortgage option. And so some- is, how does that work? Because I know I'm not a credit expert, but I know a lot of the ways that mortgages are being approved now is the bank is just reserving the 80% value. That's why a lot of mortgages are coming with the home equity line of credit tacked on. Like the bank's kind of locked in every everything that could be reserved on that house they have as far as credit. So if you went to another creditor, even if you had home equity, the bank's got that kind of locked away anyway. They, they do that intentionally. Okay. There's there's two types of mortgages that are available in our market. Yep. There's a regular amortizing mortgage. So you take out you buy a house for 400, you put $50,000 down and you get a mortgage for 350,000, you owe 350, you pay your 350 down and then that's it. Then there's a collateral mortgage. A collateral mortgage is just what you're talking about. It's when the bank registers the charge of the first mortgage to the full value of the house. So okay. the the house that you bought is 400,000 and the you've only borrowed 350, but the bank registers a mortgage against the house for 400. They do that for client retention. 
That's what my belief is because you're not able to go anywhere else to get any additional financing except through that bank. So that's something to be careful of Correct. when you're signing yes. up. Is like our, The our, bank is going to play it on. They're going to say something different. They're going to say, well, we do that just so that way when if you need extra money down the road, you don't have to go see a right. lawyer to incur legal fees and things yep. of that nature. But truth be told, it's just to retain the client. So that's why I prefer regular amortizing mortgages over collateral mortgages because then you can do more. But you are you are accurate in what you're saying. If someone does have a collateral mortgage, it does limit the ability to do what, put a second mortgage on it. That's why we have to ask for all the documents up front. So we we know by what the charges against the property, whether or not you're able to get a second mortgage with if you uh, when you come in for a refinance. Yeah. So if you don't have that ability and you really need to do a refinance anyhow, because you have too, you're carrying too much other non unsecured debt, sometimes you, means that you might have to break that mortgage. Even if the rate is favorable, you might have to break it to take out a brand new mortgage, and. Um, you might think, well, wow, the rates are higher now than what they were when I took this mortgage out. Right. That's a very valid point. But if it's going to help you with your cash flow, it's wiser to break the mortgage and to refinance. Even if you're going to be paying in the high fours or in the low 5% range, yep. as opposed to 2.39 or whatever the case may be, if it improves your cash flow, that's how it's going to benefit your you and your family and your budgeting because it doesn't matter what the interest rate is in some cases it depends on how much the payments are yeah so if you have a number of payments and all these payments add up to let's say three thousand dollars a month but you can consolidate all those payments and get get the the total monthly payment down to like thirteen hundred or fourteen hundred dollars even though the interest rate could be slightly higher than what you're currently paying, it's saving you $1,600 per month. Yeah, and then hopefully you take some of that extra money and uh, throw it down against the principal and not just say, that, woo, we got $1,600 a month extra now. We can go on vacation every month for well, the next year. <laughs> I, try to, I try not to advise that. Yep. When we, when we talk to clients, we actually try to help them with their with their budgeting and ways to pay the mortgage off faster. And um, what I usually do is, there are situations where people do save that much money by refinancing. And if we, we do, we try to take some of that savings and put it right back and increase their mortgage payments to lower that amortization so they pay it off faster. Yep. Okay, we got a couple things left. I've taken more of your time than I promised, so let's we'll narrow it down here. Um, I think this one, uh, Fix and flips in investment properties, um, especially in today's environment, uh, how does that affect mortgages? Uh, do they get looked at any differently than a regular mortgage? Um, does it take any more finesse to get those approved? It does. And I'll tell you that a lot of the major banks don't like to do fix and flips. They don't like to um, take care of all the back-end work to set the mortgage up only to have it get paid out in uh, right. in three, four, yeah. five, six months, whatever the case may be, however long it takes to do that. So there is ways that we can get them done, and we have. And, and we can get a certain number done, and then 
then whatever lender we go to catches on and, <laughs> and then we can't do it anymore. So, <laughs> so we move on nice. to the next lender. And like I said, we have 27 different lenders to, to choose from. So we have lots of choices. You can keep it rotating. Yes. <laughs> but the, the easiest way to do that, and we have lots of, lots of investors that deal with our brokerage and, um, um, we do a lot of private mortgages for them. Okay. So, so let's talk about those quick. Um, is there a lot of private capital out there looking to get put to work? I imagine nowadays there's going to yes, be more with there the, is. So, and I, I can tell you that I, I have a group of investors who call me regularly and they're always saying, how, tell me how much they have available. I probably have $10 million available to me at any given time with private lenders who want me to put their money out for them. So these, uh, um, there's a lot of capital out there and okay. the rates are favorable. They're going to be higher than institutional rates. By so all means. Throw, a, throw a dart at the board on that. Between what would... eight to 10%. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that's what the going rate is. You're going to find that there's, there's companies that advertise online. Um, uh, what we call them is mix mortgage investment companies. So yeah. they're companies, but it's private money. It's private money that they're lending out. And you're going to see online that they're going to be offering rates of 5.99 and 6.99. And you're going to get drawn to this private money for 6.99%. Yep. I've never seen that before. But then they hit you with so many fees afterwards that uh, you you paid the higher rate anyhow. So the target of a private mortgage, like how long would you say, if because it's going to, the interest rate's so much higher. Um is this kind of like a temporary solution till credit yes. gets better? It's usually a temporary. If, if we're refinancing people because their credit is bad, yes, it's a it's a temporary situation. We had a situation just this past winter where our clients wanted to refinance. Um, to uh, originally they were going to be buying a new house, but then they decided to refinance. But their credit score was too low. They couldn't, they couldn't uh, get an, uh, a bank mortgage. Yeah. So what we suggested to them, we'll give you a private second mortgage. We consolidated all of their debt and it was, it was substantial. So yeah. probably about, uh, I think it was $95,000 worth of unsecured debt. Wow. We consolidated all of it into a private second mortgage and the rate was high. It was 12%. Okay. Yeah. They kept that mortgage for seven months and in that seven months, they made all their payments. There was no issues. Their credit scores jumped 120 points hmm. just because all their debt was gone. Right. And then they came back seven months later. We put them into a bank. We gave them a nice product with a mortgage and a line of credit combination because that's what they needed. Yep. And, and they qualified for that easily. That's great. So that's, that's how a private mortgage is supposed to work. It's a temporary situation just to help you through some credit issues that you might be re, um, experiencing. If you're, if you're an investor and you're buying a, a fix and flip, it's helping you to secure the property, fix it up and sell it and get your money back and hopefully make a profit on it. Nice. So that's what we use it for. Okay. I'll ask you one more quick question on the home equity line of credit side. Um, that's, it's a huge product that I think, um, I think, Manulife half started it, National Bank started it, and then everybody started doing this where uh, Manulife called it the Manulife One, National Bank had their name, and then the it all just in seemed one, like, yes. yeah, and then it seemed like, I know this is, it's different, but to me, it's kind of the same theory where now you get a mortgage with the line of credit attached so that the the equity you built up is always there. Um, do you guys do that? Are you a fan of that? Um 
or is it situational? It, it, it's situational. It depends on the client. I can't tell you how many clients come to us and they have that Manulife one and they, if, they, if they're not diligent in paying down the principal, yeah. they always have this mortgage. And um, I can offer a Manulife one. That's one of the lenders I deal with. Yep. And I've set people up with that. And then they come back to us two years later and they say, my mortgage hasn't gone down at all. Well, that's because you keep spending. <laughs> yes. and this was an advantage to yeah. you to get out of debt quicker. That's but. right. So it depends on the individual. Okay. If, if someone is diligent enough that they're only using the line of credit portion for what it was intended for, quick uh, purchases or just to get, uh, you know, if they have something that's come up, they pay for it and then they pay it off. Yep. Then it's, it's great. I have that for my own home. Yep. I have a mortgage and a line of credit. As I pay my mortgage down, my line of credit keeps growing. If I keep on that track, at some point, I'm going to have no mortgage and availability of the entire line of credit. So it's a great product. But my wife and I, we, we are actually very, very diligent with that. And we, we understand how it works. If someone doesn't understand that, then it's not a good product for them. They yeah. should just have a regular amortizing mortgage, pay it down, and then be done with it. Yep. Good advice. Okay. Last couple things. Current conditions. We're all wondering what's going on with the markets. Where are rates going to go? Um, I think we talked about this a little bit already that current rising rates have affected the ability to qualify for a mortgage partially because of the stress test, right? That mm -hmm. people are paying higher. So I don't think we need to redo that. But um, two questions I've been asked a lot. Um, and then we defer to mortgage brokers on this is, uh, is now the time to refinance? Like if you're, if your mortgage term, say you're, you've got a bottom of the barrel rate, you've got a great rate, but you only have a year left. Is now the time to go look at a refi, even though you're paying more. And then if you do, uh, maybe you can answer this all in one, <laughs> um, is variable better than fixed right now, or does it depend? Okay, so there you have a lot of different things going on yeah, there. Yeah, I know. But I'm I'll, sorry. But I will tell you, I think I've already sort of touched on on the refinancing thing. Yes. Yes. So if if it's going to put you in a better situation, I would say yes, refinance now. Even though you still have the low rate, we would try to do our best to to allow you to keep that low rate and do find some other alternatives. But if none of those will work, you still... I would still refinance yep. um, because we don't know if the rates are going to continue to go up further from here. Yeah. So you, you think you might be paying high now, but if you waited for another year, they could be higher yet. Yep. I wish I had a crystal ball. I'd be rich right now because I knew what to tell everyone, but I don't. We, the rate of the rates have increased so much since February. It was, now was that was expected in your world? Like, was that a shock we, to we, you? It was, it was a shock to us as well. I follow a number of economists on a weekly basis and we all expected rates to start to go up, but no one expected them to go up this quickly. Yeah. I, I don't even understand how they, how they're going up so fast. It's, um, there's certain economic terms, which I'm sure you're, you're, you're aware of, you know, inverted yields and short term rates and long term rates. Yeah. What's going on right now is the, the whole, the whole market is, is in turmoil and no one knows what's going to happen. So, it, it could continue to go up. And if you refinance now, it might be, you might be doing yourself a favor because in, in one year's time, it could be even higher yet. 
but we don't know that for certain. And I always tell people, anyone who says they know what's going to happen is either on a TV show that needs you to watch it or they're writing a book, one of the two. Right. Um, but they're not in on the front lines actually having to deal with it because nobody really does know. Right. I, and then in terms of fixed versus variable, I'm a variable rate person. I, I, I advocate for it with all my clients. Um, there's certain people who it doesn't sit well with them because they don't like the uncertainty, but I still am a very, a, a very big proponent of, of variable rates. And the reason is historically, you're always going to pay your mortgage off faster with a variable rate. Your rates always going to be lower than what the fixed rates are. Yeah. The variable rate has gone up substantially in the last three bank of Canada meetings and they're expecting it's going to go up another half a percent and maybe even three quarters of a percent in July. So um, we know that it's going to go up, but it's still going to be cheaper than a fixed rate. Like mm -hmm. I've told you, the variable rate, I mean, the fixed rates are, are, are they've crept above 5% now. So if you take a variable rate on a purchase, you're still going to be at 2.8. Even if the rates go up to... Um, if we get another full increase, a full 1% increase in the prime rate, you're going to be at 3.8. 3.8 is still lower Great. than 5.09. You could afford basically a 2% increase in prime and you'd still be okay. Hmm. I can't see that happening. Again, I don't have a crystal ball, yep. but I, but I just, I can't see it happening that quick. And even if it does happen, look at the savings you're experiencing Right for the now. next one to two years until it gets to that point where where the variable rate is going to be at or exceeding where where it was if you did, would have taken a fixed rate today. So I do believe the variable rate is better. I think it's uh, it's more flexible. It allows easier um, prepayment privileges and as far as penalties to break the mortgage, there's a lot more that you can do with the variable rate. I think it's a better product to be in. So is the fix more so you're paying you're paying for the bank or that institution to take the interest rate risk and you're happy paying more so that you don't have to worry. Correct. So it's almost like insurance. So if you're really risk averse, well, you're still, you're paying them more on purpose. So they're taking a risk they know they're not going to lose on. Correct. And if they, or they're most likely not going to lose on anyway. Right. Yeah. Because we don't know in, the, in this market right yeah. now, but. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, this was a lot of information. It Rob. was. I, I, uh, I'm glad we got to talk about it. But it's uh, like I, you can probably tell, I'm very passionate about this. Yes. And it's, it, I, I know a lot about it, and I'm, I love talking about it. It'd be, so. it'd be actually pretty torturous if uh, all these years in the mortgage industry and you hate it. That would be bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for uh, doing this, for coming on. This is going to be of huge value to people who are they're asking all of these questions right now, and I think it's a great time because not only are they asking them, they're asking them worried. And uh, this is going to give some people a good opportunity to um, hear the answers. If people want to find Rob and Sandra, where can they get a hold of you? You can find us at our, our office in, in Tecumseh. is at 12122 Tecumseh Road East. Or we have an office in Leamington, 284 Erie Street South. The easiest way to do is to call us, 735-1440 in Windsor. Um, 326-4978 in Leamington. Or you can just go to our website. Our website is 
windsormortgagesolutions.com. And then that gets directly to us. Perfect. Well, Rob, thanks again for joining us. It was great to have you. Thank you, Ben. It was a pleasure meeting you. Thanks for listening to The Clear Money Mindset. We at Davies Financial Sterling Mutuals are here to help you thrive with your finances. You can find us online at daviesfinancial.ca. For help with your personal finances, you can email us at office at daviesfinancial.ca. The opinions expressed are those of the participants and are for informational purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of Sterling Mutuals Inc. Mutual funds provided through Sterling Mutuals Inc. Commissions, trailer commissions, management fees, and expenses all may be associated with mutual fund investments. Please read the simplified prospectus before investing. Mutual funds are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently and past performance may not be repeated.